everybody. It is an emergency pod. That is what we are calling this, the VHFDX podcast. Uh, we said we'd be back in the fall, um, but you know when conditions warrant, uh, we're here for you to bring the DX content that that you demand. And um, when history is being made, uh, we have no choice. And and so uh, in North America, um, in the U.S. Um, there was a, a tropospheric uh, ducting event um, the second to last week of August. We're recording this on, on August 30th, uh, the week after, um, that I don't think it's hyperbole at all to say was among the best ever recorded, specifically on, on the FM band. Uh, my name is Nick Langan, and, and I'm joined by uh, Bryce Foster, as always, Bryce um, how you've been? Um, you probably, uh, you know, didn't expect to, to be getting together this soon, but uh, the conditions definitely warranted uh, with the tropo, the tropo um, that uh, was across the U.S. beginning on on August nineteenth. Yes, Team Tropo, I'm doing well, <laughs> and yeah, I didn't didn't get in on the event, but I've been following vicariously. Um, just still pulling my jaw off the floor at some of the reports, and I know you've been uh, aggregating them all. So looking forward to getting into it today and happy to be here uh, on short notice, but good. Um, for folks on the East Coast, um, they were just a bit too far east to uh, fully enjoy, although we'll, we'll get to a few logs from folks in New York and, and Pennsylvania um, that were part of this. Um, and then later on in the episode, we even lined up a special guest and probably the gentleman who, um, I don't know, might have been in the premier spot for this, uh, Matt Siddle uh, from Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, we'll be talking with him a little bit later on um, about what he heard and, and maybe a little meteorological background for this. Um, so Bryce, we'll just, you know, we'll go through it just, just quickly. Some of the, the outstanding logs we saw. And again, the event, I would say in, in terms of date, um, it started on Saturday evening, August 19th, um, all associated with a, a big old high pressure, um, being referred to as a heat dome that was centered over the central U S. Um, and so, it almost, you know, we'll talk about this with Matt a little bit, the, the high pressure basically retrograded um, westward. And so, you know, on the 19th and 20th were some of the farther east logs of the of the tropo event um, and DXers in Ontario, um, London, Ontario seemed, uh, you know, that there there were stations that that were heard uh, from there. Some of the flamethrowers and, and uh, you know, DXers in that vicinity did very well. 19th to the 20th um, in Ontario, Western New York, DXers were hearing Kentucky and Tennessee. Do you want to shout out Chris Lucas, who we've uh, mentioned on the podcast before? He DXs from Poughkeepsie, New York. So, you know, right along the Hudson River. So certainly farther east. Um, how about Chris logging a 104.5 WRVR from Memphis um, at 974 miles? A, uh, you know, an awesome log over land. On that same channel, he heard Nashville and Lexington, uh, both, again, overland, um, really strong stuff. Uh, Chris 
Um, you know, I, I, I joke, I, I think, uh, you know, if we were ranking, you know, power rankings for, for Eastern USDXers, Bryce, you know, I, I think it'd be between you and him. Um, you know, he, he does, you know, maybe more TV tropo you on the skip side. So we might have to hash that out in a, in a future Ooh, episode. All right. Um, we what start up a, a ranking. Um, I, I won't vote for myself. <laughs> But yeah, it super impressive. And, you know, just for I think we've gotten a fair amount of international mail. So, you know, to add a little bit of context, really, the whole event and Poughkeepsie, New York, specifically, um, getting that deep into the center of the United States from that far east in the United States, particularly remarkable, uh, I think any really tropo to the west from poughkeepsie new york and and vicinity uh, really all along the east coast over the appalachian mountains a pretty significant mountain range to get over you know it's it's maybe one of the the, the area of the appalachians that are not quite as tall in elevation and don't disrupt tropo as much but you still have three four thousand foot about a thousand meter um uh, mountains of uh, significant breadth to get over. So, you know, the duct has to elevate just right and that terrain can be really disruptive. So really impressive uh, hearing reports from places like Poughkeepsie and uh, North Carolina even. I think we had some reports of folks getting over the double height uh, Appalachian Mountains from there. So just incredibly impressive not only the overland distances, but overland distances over significant terrain. So not to interrupt some of the accomplishments, but just adding some context there. And uh, congrats from my side as well to Chris on that log from Memphis. Now, nah, it's it's uh, particularly like you said that that, you know, th- over the mountains, um, that's really tough. And you just appreciate that. Um, and that all again, early on uh, some Western New York DXers. Uh, Craig, Greg Conagilio, um in Bergen, New York, set his Trapo record with uh, WSIU from Illinois. Um, Andrew in Akron uh, did very well, even with all the RF around his neck of the woods, had Monroe, Louisiana, 101.9. And Rob Ross, um, again, mentioning London, Ontario, he DXs from there. Um, on that 19th evening, he had several signals from Missis- Mississippi. Um, on the next day, as the high moved west, um, Ontario, Michigan DXers, I want to mention Chris Cadlick. He heard Bismarck, North Dakota, the 755 miles. Uh, Bill Hepburn had uh, as far as South Dakota on the weather band. Um, Dave Neiman, a, a longtime DXer up in Bradford, PA now. He heard Osage City, Kansas on 92.9. And then Rob Ross had a bunch of Kansas signals, um, including 102.1 Hutchinson. Um, And perhaps the most impressive, Bryce, um, on August 22nd, again, as the high moved south, uh, Tim Land, uh, DXer we've mentioned, uh, he's had a great year. He had Oregon on on double hop. Then he, uh, he blows away his tropo record uh, with signals from Omaha, Albion, and, and Norfolk, Nebraska, Sioux Falls. And then as far as South Dakota, including 106.7 Aberdeen, um, 1,027 miles. Bryce, we, we were chatting about, you know, again, the environment there in eastern Tennessee um, to get those kind of signals over land at those distances uh, with the, you know, you've got got like the Cumberland Gap and, you know, all sorts of, of you know, mountain ranges. Um, 
really good stuff from Tim. Uh, what a year that man is having. Yes, he sent us a, a very uh, detailed email along with some audio clips and a little map. I don't know if we can find a way to feature his uh, his map in our show notes somehow. I'll leave that up to you, Nick, but we'll definitely play his audio on the next episode. Encourage everybody to send us audio from their catches as well. But Tim certainly cleaned up, and I think he had activity really from the 19th all the way through the 22nd. Um, at least I'm just looking here at least 60 or 70 new logs, most of them, you know, well over 500 miles. So a big shout out to Tim there from the, uh, the mountains of East Tennessee. And whomever, we don't know who the, uh, the masked individual who has the marble North Carolina autologer, uh, please Even reveal deeper yourself. in the mountains. Yeah. Um, you cleaned up. Um, they had at least, you know, that we know of, I feel like somebody on an IQ recording somewhere probably has something longer. Um, but they had 103.7 Redfield, South Dakota, um, at 1,042 miles from Marble NC and just all kinds of stuff from Nebraska to Ohio. Um, I feel like it would have been possible at one point, this got down into the Atlanta area. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Richard Llewelling uh, was reporting Illinois and, and Michigan. Um, I feel like there there would have been a, a, a window for like Atlanta to South Dakota, maybe Atlanta to North Dakota. Obviously, you'd have to have the channels. It probably would might have been easier to do from the other end. So I feel like 1,100 miles, 1,200 miles could have been possible. Regardless, you're talking over a thousand miles, that's getting into rarefied air. Um, so um, it was just awesome to witness. Uh, a few other, you know, autologers were great, you know, were active, maybe not because of distances, but because they were just in the epicenter. Uh, Bob Hawkins, Edinburg, Indiana autologer, um, Steve Riches, and both TV and FM, his uh, uh, Payson, Milford, Illinois autologers, and a couple of folks, uh, Jim in Springfield, Josh in Mountain Home, Arkansas. Um, just It was a constant barrage of like 400, 500 miles stuff. Um, so it was just impressive. I'll just say from my end, um, there was about 20 minutes of activity that, you know, it, the distance is paled in comparison. Um, but Bryce, you know, for me, it was the most exciting DX I have had since 2021. I, I strongly feel that way. There is nothing like the over the mountain tropo that gets into the coastal plain. Um, I loved it. Um, check out my YouTube feed. I, I posted a, a, a little, a uh, little sample, but, um, that's, you know, that's all, that's all I can expect. It's always that way with the tropo that makes it over the mountains, but when it happens, it's, it's gold, it's gold. I think my, uh, my only activity was a very random logging, uh, Roanoke, Virginia, which I think is like 500 miles from here. So the, uh, 99.1 there. So I, that there was just one very brief moment where uh, somebody else in our region was reporting that station. I checked it was there and then it was all gone. So just a little too far east. I think um, I think the Poughkeepsie um, the Chris Lucas was probably about as far east as it got. But maybe next time. <laughs> well, uh, the one person we didn't mention um, who, you know, we'll let him tell the story. Uh, we teased it, but Matt Sittel, I'm sorry, Matt, um, pronounce your last name. 
You don't want to try it? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I would you know, go for Sattel would be Sattel, the, the, A good podcast nope. okay. would, would have asked this in the 15 minutes we were introducing ourselves before. Um, but it's you our said pleasure. It right the first time you mentioned it, though. It's Siddle is the pronunciation. Siddle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, go yeah. with your first answer. Always a good idea. <laughs> Um, we are very, very happy to have him. He was he was willing to come on, talk about what he heard uh, and a little bit about his his environment and also his career, which I think will tie into how this happened in a weather sense. Um, Matt, thank you so much for joining Bryce and I. Uh, how are you doing today? Uh, are, are you have you caught up on sleep? Let's let's start with that. Yes, thanks for having me. And uh, more or less, I've caught up asleep. I guess it's uh, it's been pretty quiet once the uh, once the hot air uh, retrograded back to the west. Uh, you know, all eyes are going to be on that same air mass as it moves back to the east, and we see whether or not we can get another round of this. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch and see who gets more tropo and. Who doesn't uh, be interesting? It's always always interesting to, to to look at that. And like you've 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 touched on already, the just the massive scope of what people logged. I mean, these distances of of what Tim Land had. I mean, the when I lived in Kingsport, I was born and raised there. The furthest I ever had on Tropo, I think, was like the Florida Panhandle, which. It's like 500 miles or something. So anyone beating 500 miles, like like Tim has has done, it's just it's just crazy. I mean, that's it, like this opening transcends what normally would would uh, not be possible. You'd think, but oh, I can't cross the mountain. No way. That's not going to happen. Well, he proved that it absolutely did happen. Uh, but yeah, we it was it was a lot of fun here. Just a uh, day after day. Just the oh again oh geez another day of tropo wow you know, how do we get so lucky to have the, the really I mean six days something I'm thinking twenty nineteen through twenty four maybe late on the eighteenth here yeah, that was a solid six seven days of just I my total on uh, two hundred eight new logs mm. which when I tell you that I had sixteen hundred already logged prior to that. How you know where did you find two hundred more out there? And yeah, they were all out there. You know, all the, uh, the the places that I that I had not heard by by Tropo yet. Yeah, knocked so many of those states out just like all at once. Well, rewinding a little bit uh, in terms of what what you're working with there in Manhattan, can you tell us a little bit about your setup before we get maybe in, more into the meat of your your logs and how each day went? What uh, what what are you working with from an antenna and uh, radio perspective? And are you active on TV and FM or or just FM? <laughs> yeah, I moved down here from Omaha. I spent 23 years in Omaha. Nebraska. And when I got down here in May of 22, I uh, spent three months in an apartment and then in August of 22, got into the house that I'm in now. My first goal was to keep it simple. I didn't want to have a whole roof full of antennas and especially antennas I couldn't reach because as I get older, I'm 53 now, it's not, I don't really get a kick out of climbing up on a roof and <laughs> losing my balance. So I said, I dropped TV. I, I as as much fun as TV was, 
in Omaha. I came down here and said, I'm going to focus on FM and on the weather radio because that's really a simple uh, a band that uh, that I can monitor. And that's it. So no TV. And, and I, you know, I can, can only speculate as to what I might have missed on TV. But the antenna, I had initially an APS-9B that I held on to for years and went ahead and ordered the 11 element. I always said innovantenna. Is that even a word? I'm not sure how to if that's the right way to pronounce it, but that's said, how we've been me... saying it. Could be wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're either all correct together or wrong together, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I ordered one of those. I said, well, 11 element is about as big as I'm comfortable with putting on the roof uh, because specifically where I am, there was a there's an EF4 tornado that went through Manhattan before I moved here, and the track mm. of it was probably like across the street from my house. So I said, well, if there's another wind event, let me do something that probably won't be as badly damaged. If I mean, and it had, no, nothing's happened so far, but I, so I've got that on the roof. It's where I can reach it if I need to do something with it, and that's all I've got on the roof uh, as far as indoor equipment. I have again simplified. You know, I, I've done tuners. I did the Yamaha tuner for years, the Denon tuner, and now I'm like, who needs them? Because the SDR is so much easier. It's portable. It's small. It doesn't take up a whole lot of space. So that the HF Plus Discovery is the the one I'm using from Airspy. Uh, I've, I've got one of the RSP DXs, but I really don't see much reason to use it anymore. I know it, it's got a wider bandwidth that you can record, but it, it, to me, it doesn't. The, the the discovery that thing is just amazing. I don't. I can't ever really see using anything. And I'm okay with not having the entire 10 megahertz recording. I mean, I don't have. I wouldn't have time to go through all of that if I did record all of it. You know, I know there's people that that record all of that. I'm thinking, well, when are you going to have time to sit there and go? And, and maybe you maybe you want to go through all that, but I don't think that would be incredibly tedious to go through five days of data that you know 100 different frequencies why i'm happy with what i got you know if if, if i didn't catch it in real time well there's always next to it. it's not yeah, a, that's yeah. right i can tell you not the answer problem. is you probably the, it's never is the answer you when won't you have yeah. time to review the iq it's it's a form of digital hoarding that uh you are on the recovery curve way ahead of us <laughs> sitting here recording all the iq and for tropo i feel like iq it's is just hard. not particularly yeah. productive because it's hard to see signals mixing with each other it's just not great so okay hf plus discovery great choice uh have recommended it many times especially for auto loggers so excellent so the manhattan story you came down there in march of 2022 and i think we probably should uh introduce what what you do there in manhattan since it's kind of relevant for for uh tropo in this this opening so tell us a little bit about that and what what brought you uh there to kansas Sure. Yeah. Uh, some people might know that I'm uh, not the only degreed meteorologist in the world, but uh, we have at least Bill Hepburn, of course, is a meteorologist. And uh, I, my both my bachelor's and master's are in meteorology. Uh, I took a position as assistant state climatologist for the state of Kansas back in 2022, which really sounds like an incredibly prestigious, important job. And it's not really, but, uh, you know, they hired me and I was, I was incredibly grateful for the opportunity. And so I basically get paid to 
sift through climate data from the state of Kansas and write reports about it. And so it's a, it's a nice kind of thing that the, the, the DX and, and the meteorology kind of mix together, but you're probably gonna be disappointed to find that I don't, I don't really follow or, or try to find a lot of reasons why from a, from a weather standpoint, things occurred. Uh, I guess because I do enough of it at work. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this at home too. Uh, let, let, let's, let's focus on the radio side, but, but I will say, you know, I, I certainly did look at some of the maps uh, just to, to try and figure out, well, you know, what, what, you know, and, and this gets into the history or the, the, you know, sort of the timeline for what, for what I received. So I don't want to jump ahead of that. If, if you'd like to, to approach this in sort of a more methodical, let's, let's go one day at a time here. But uh, the Sunday, the, uh, what day would the Sunday have been? Uh, I got to look at my calendar. was here. the 20th. Uh, 20th. 20th. Okay. So the, the timeline at least here was things like late on the 18th were kind of interesting. I have to get my, trusty logbook out which is you know still written on parchment here that uh that's impressive <laughs> not, not sure how many pens i went through uh wow, wow during this event well, i still I as much it. as i try to enter everything digitally i'm one of those people you know i even got one of those notebooks where you can you know erase it with the pen and scan it into a computer and i always end up just filling up legal pads full of chicken scratch so we're we're with you. Yeah. At least I am. No, it's all it's, it's beautifully all, organized. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. That is. Yeah, it's I, just a nice and there's there's no there's no substitute for just good old-fashioned paper and pen. Um so late on the 18th, there were a couple of little odd things that were going on. I was getting uh Springfield, Missouri, and then St. Louis, and then noticed I was hearing uh Hip hop on ninety seven point one, and I said, "Well, see that Memphis, yeah, sure enough, it was Memphis." And then I had the one hundred two seven in Memphis, uh, which calls themselves uh, was the one hundred two point seven Kiss FM. Really, really very weak signal. But I was like, "Okay, this is cool because this is like the second time that I've had Memphis. I had it earlier, and I have to go back and look at the exact date." Uh, had one morning I woke up and it was just like everything was coming in from South Central Missouri into Northeast Arkansas and as far as Memphis. So this was not the first time I'd heard. It wasn't, you know, not, not really thinking anything about what was going to transpire later. Um, but then into the pre-dawn of the 19th, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, the 19th. That's right. I got to get, get my day straight here. Because yeah, the 19th was the day that it was 115 in Manhattan and which happened to be the hottest in the nation on that day, which I think is mm. incredible. But we did it, and it was fairly dry. My dew points were running upper 50s, low 60s, because you know you can't get to 115 and have an 80-degree dew point. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, so it, it really felt like a desert. That's how I explained what 115 felt like. If you've ever been to Vegas in the summertime or any desert location, it was just incredibly hot. It wasn't humid. You, you could manage being outside, but it just felt incredibly hot. But that day, starting before sunrise, I was getting like St. Louis and all these St. Louis ones I've never heard before. Pretty much everything in St. Louis you could possibly log, I got. And that was really the kind of the start that, that wasn't clear to me that, you know, hey, this is what this is going to turn into. Uh, but that morning at, at Tulsa, I had Sioux Falls. So there was a lot of stuff coming in. 
And then the thing I noticed on the map was that there was this, this dew point uh, gradient where and it was really kind of backwards. It's like in, in southern Nebraska, the dew points were 78, 80 degrees. And in Manhattan, it was 60. But that line wow. shifted south. And so by mid-afternoon, we had the 78, 80-degree dew points. And I had to drive up to beautiful Beatrice, Nebraska uh, to take my son. Yeah, uh, yes, 92.9. I had to take my son back to his mom. And by the time I got back, now I so here's the thing. I, I should I, I jumped ahead here for a second. Um and it turned out that I'm on the wrong day. I should be saying the 20th. So let me let me let me correct myself. Um so <laughs> the, the well not say so the 19th had all those things I talked about in the morning, and then that evening there were a couple of little odd signals that I noticed. There was a what is the Tom Kent show, which I'm not familiar with. But I was hearing it on 104.1 and 102.7. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not 1027 is not Lincoln. And it was peaking to the east. And I said, well, who's who's running? I, I don't know who this show and I and I can't find an affiliate list anywhere. Of course. On, but I you, you type in 102.7 Tom Kent in Google. And when I typed it in for 1041 Tom Kent and it said W-I-K-Y in Evansville, I think. I've never had Indiana before. Uh, so I sit on the frequency for a while, and sure enough, it's W-I-K-Y Evansville. Which may, Then the 1027, I said, okay, well, what about Terre Haute? Yeah, it was Terre Haute. And I was talking about the Wabash Valley, and um, mm. I said, okay, so both of those are about 490, 495. And I said, well, that's pretty cool. But those that's... are the only two stations I was getting that were – unusually distant everything else that was coming in was was st louis was was columbia missouri just those two little extra ones sticking out there but that you know who knew i i, I didn't know at that time but uh that was where this was uh where we were going to head but the the morning of the 20th so so now we've moved into sunday the humidity yeah, take everything i said about the humidity before and shift it forward today it was the 20th is when the the, the two points increased uh dramatically across Kansas. And so the morning I was getting, I'm cheating, look at my cheat notes. I admit it, uh, was getting a lot of like central and into, into South central Missouri. And then I said, well, you know what? I'm going to look the other way and see what's coming in. So I rotate the antenna around to the West and, uh, headed on 107.1. What, 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 what prompted you to think that there might be propagation to the West? Were you looking at the at the VHF, uh, the APRS map or the weather maps or just kind of a wild guess? Because I'm curious. I wouldn't think in the scenario that you described, you know what? I need to look West. What what prompted you to do that? I think it was when I looked at the map and saw that there was this dew point gradient that was to my North. And I knew because I, I remember the weather they were talking about. They said, heat indices could be 120 degrees and i said okay so they're forecasting this dew point gradient to come south and noticing that even like southeast uh not excuse me not southeast southwest nebraska and northeast colorado was was into the humidity i said well that's really unusual uh let me just go around to the and it's kind of standard thing anyway it's like well i'm getting 350 miles to the east let's let's see what's going on to the west and so i i rotate the antenna around and then there's this 107.1, and then the, the the PS says in small, all lowercase KFCO. And I'm like, hmm, 
That sounds kind of familiar. I wonder what that one is. It's like it ends in CO. You know, to Colorado, maybe. Sure enough, it's Bennett, Colorado. Wow. Locking, locking RTS. First time mm-hmm. I'd ever heard the station. So then I'm like, ah, okay. Well, let's see about Denver. And so I flip it to 107.5 and immediately you know, it's like KS 107.5. And I'm like, aha. So Denver, I cleaned up on Denver. I, I got, uh, I probably, probably a dozen of them. I, and, wow. and a couple, surprisingly, a couple of them were relux. I've had Denver once before here. Uh, not not as strong as as this event was, and then noticed ninety one point five was Greeley KUNC, and you know, recorded a full network ID on that one. That that was a new one, and then the the one that I've always kind of enjoyed, which is surprisingly, believe it or not, is a relog, was Y ninety five ninety five point one in Laramie, Wyoming. Mm. Had had them. And had them one time in, in 2020. I was in the apartment using a dipole antenna and got that station. Uh, but the fact that I got it, and this time I got a bunch of the Cheyenne stations in there, 106.3, 100.7. Uh, and so this would have been about nine in the morning. So then like we talked about, left, took my son to Beatrice, drove back to Beatrice. We got back about, uh, I guess it was about 1.30. But I was paying attention to the logger while when we stopped in Beatrice and I'm like, Oh, it's still logging Denver. It's locked in some of the, uh, the ones like, uh, I forget which frequency it was, uh, 96.5. The Spanish station had, had logged itself and, and, uh, 106.3 Cheyenne was decoding. I was like, well, gee, we better get back. So we get back (laughs) and at 2 PM, I'm sitting there recording Cheyenne stations and they're all like solid signals. But then they started to really take on this really rapid fade. It was not like, not like skip, but a little, a little slower, but it would go from completely gone to, to full quieting and about every 45 to 60 seconds, which was really fascinating uh, to hear those signals. And, all of that faded. So by 3 p.m. on the 20th, which was Sunday, nothing was going on. Didn't think anything about it. And then and then things really got more interesting after that. It was 7 o'clock, and uh, I, I'm not sure where I had the antenna pointed, but I rotated it uh, up to the north, and there was Mankato, Minnesota on 99.1, which is 360 miles. I was like, oh, well, that's pretty good because that's a new station. And then I got 1017 Rochester. It's like, oh, that's a new one. And then th- this is, and at this point, so this is the point where things went crazy. So at seven o'clock, I'm turning to 90.7 and going, oh, I wonder what this is. And so the voice comes on 90.7 WHAD, Delafield, Milwaukee. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. So first Wisconsin that I've had on trope i've had wisconsin by meteor scatter and skip believe it or not that was earlier in the summer when i got 93.9 sturgeon bay by skip which was like mid 500s or something but so it's like okay delafield milwaukee and i'm like this is pretty cool but i couldn't really find anything else that was coming in then i had this 88.7 locking in rds it says wpcd and i'm like i don't know who, who this is i've never heard of them champaign illinois which was 450 miles. And then and then there was this classical station on 88.7 pointed up to the northeast. 
and I'm sitting there going through the, the database and saying, well, you know what? The only thing that makes any sense to me is Interlock in Michigan, but that's 660 miles away. And I stuck around. And of course they were playing classical music and not Those, taking any oh, breaks at all. The class, not if you're like people. not at the top of the hour for classical, that could be, oh, that could be heartache, pure, and, pure heartache. That's... Yeah. And I'm listening to the web stream and it doesn't seem to match because it was, I think it was like 60 or 90 seconds off. And uh, I'm sitting there trying to use Shazam to figure out what yeah. song it is. And Shazam would not identify. It's like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, of course. It's classical. That doesn't help me at all. So stick around. And then they finally say IPR. And I'm thinking, of course, Iowa Public Radio, because that's how they identify themselves on air. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Could that maybe be interlocking? Sure enough, they they ID'd full network ID. And I was like, all right, there you go. That's beautiful. And at that point, you're like, okay, so where do we go from here? And that's that was really where it all went crazy from that point. That's when you know it's like this is really serious. Everything I'm logging now is new at this point. You know, I'm just underlining every single station, you know, you you name it. And I'm here at Sony. I don't recognize. So 87.7's got that me TV thing in Chicago. I was getting that thing. Beautiful signal on it. It's like this is crazy. You know what? What is that like? Is it six kilo? I don't know. It, it's not. A, it's not a full power. I mean, obviously, it has no competition really uh, in that direction. But I heard that thing off and on for days. That was my barometer. Say, like, well, is Chicago still it's coming in? Because I could just go check that one. More often than not, yeah, it was in. For days, not I mean, the not, magic not of, of below eighty-eight in the United States. It's yes. um, it can be such a good indicator for. for I've used it for you know my transatlantic e-skip adventures, and mm-hmm. it's a really great tropo indicator too. So encourage everybody to check below eighty-eight if you don't have a DTV six. Wow, fantastic! Yeah, so so that the the evening went on. It was not all Michigan. It was I got into Minneapolis. Had never. I think I had like one station for Minneapolis, St. Paul. I pretty much logged every single one you could possibly get. And with that wonderful co-channel canceller feature on the SDR Sharp software, I'm, I'm looking under all the local, or not local. I was going to ask this- you if you had used that because that yeah. is that can be an amazing tropo feature um, in the native SDR Sharp software. For those not familiar, if you have uh, the AirSpy rig, you can use that fantastic right. software feature yeah yeah finding stuff like minneapolis on 1029 hiding under topeka that's pretty cool but but not only that i mean some of the signals i didn't need the canceler for they were overriding not necessarily right. the topeka stations but and and that was the other thing is you know, the kansas city signals like are usually a pest here but they didn't seem like they were that much of a problem and granted i was aimed more like 60 degrees and Kansas city's right at a 85 to 90 degrees. And that antenna sensitive enough that I really had no issues getting around those, but normally you would say that frequency is not going to be usable because it's uh, usually the Kansas cities with, with the IBOC stuff are blocking kind of blocking frequencies. I mean, not completely. They, they make it more difficult. Let's say. Um, so you know, I think was, many of us have have noted in these kind of extreme ducting events that sometimes your what you would can think would be pests that would just block you forever seem to disappear. You know, they desensitize get, they get, almost. Yep. 
Right. Yeah. I've even kind of noticed the effect on locals sometimes. I'm like, I almost feel like my local is weaker. It's not just the tropos coming over it, but it's it's I, it is weakened, like maybe trapped outside of the duct or something. You know, I definitely in the it takes it takes a a certain threshold of tropo opening, but I have noticed that where um you know all and the knolls are almost they're consistent in their um. You know, when the local gets weakened enough, um, there's actually a consistency to that. So I've I've definitely observed that in some of the the higher intensity tropo, um, or if sometimes the band is just fluttery, for lack of a better better term. Um, but that's um, and Matt, I I think that that brings us toward. So you know, on on the twenty first. Um, you know, I maybe you would say your apex um, date um, because you know the extension and and I would say you know there was probably a, a morning component and an evening component. Um, tell us a little bit about um, some of those those logs that got um, that got particularly distant. Uh, Ah, yes. Yes. So, you know, so we're now at, uh, I normally need to be at work at 7 a.m. on Monday morning uh, or any any weekday morning for that matter. But uh, that morning was canceled due to low ratings, shall we say. Uh, <laughs> said, you know what? I'm going to be working from home. And thankfully, my job is such that I can work from home as long as I don't really do it to excess. Uh, and this was a case where my coworkers, it, it, it's a really, our office is a really small operation. So we don't, we don't have a lot of people there. My coworker was, was out of town and I'm thinking, well, why am I going in to sit in my office? Now, granted, it was the very first day of the school year for K-State students, yeah, sure. but I don't really interact with the, with the students. I'm just in an office in a basement. Of course, you know, we're all, all good weather. People are placed in basements so they can't <laughs> see what's going on outside and they cannot receive, you can't even receive any of the local FMs from my office. It's, it's, it's a joke. So I had to run into the office and then said, look, I'll be, um, I'm going to work from home and uh, got home. And I guess it was about, and, and, you know, make sure we don't confuse people on our time zones here. So of course, Kansas is in central time. Paying attention, looking at the, the W logger and seeing Rob Ross in London getting, Oh, what was he getting? Was he getting Kansas City, maybe? Or maybe it was Wichita. He was getting something. Yeah, he that... had 89.1 KMUW. He okay. reported that. He reported he found a few on his IQ recording, but 89.1 KMUW, he reported live. Um, yeah. So I saw that and said, hmm, well, that's interesting. You that's know, I ought to maybe I ought to maybe check for London and, and you know, being a, a guy who you know, paid attention to it back in the days in the eighties and when you know, when it was fun to listen to out of town radio when you were when you were traveling on the road. I said, well, you know, this London's got a 95.9 and 95.9 happens to be one of my best frequencies around here. There's a little low power translator in Abilene, Kansas, that's a translator of KABI 1560 AM. That's really the only thing that I have on that frequency and it's what 35 miles away it's not really an issue so the antenna of course has been sitting towards the east um and so i, I turn it over there and they're playing rock music and honestly i couldn't remember what 95.9's format was I, I maybe i should have but uh, so just kind of listening and going hmm this is classic rock 
yeah, maybe London, maybe they're classic rock. Oh, I don't know. Then the DJ comes on and says FM 96. And that's only, you know, that's, that's their, their uh, identifying slogan. Like, hmm. Well, that doesn't help. Uh, not 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 putting together the fact that FM ninety six is London's slogan, and so the, after the DJ's done talking, they roll into the commercials, and it's like you know FM ninety six, London's best rock, or whatever their slogan was, and I'm like, oh, expletive! It is London, wow, <laughs> eight hundred and forty miles, and and it's like, okay, this is really, and the signal was really surprisingly strong. Uh, so I'm, I'm running the, the recorder on the SDR and they go through all these commercials. Oh, number one in Southwestern Ontario. And, and just, awesome. and just marveling at the fact that I'm sitting here listening to a station now, cause you know, being all the time that I spent in Nebraska, Canada was kind of this thing that it was really far away. And it, from 23 years of DXing there, I think I had Canada on Tropo maybe four times which maybe is more than people would have expected. Was it more uh, Manitoba North or was it Ontario? But it, was, it was both actually. Okay. Oh, so first time I had it was 96.7 Steinbach, Manitoba. Second one was 97.9 in Brandon, which is a CBC. Wow. It's pretty far west in Man- yeah. Manitoba oh, yeah. too. Yeah. That was coming in with uh, with Minot, which I got Minot surprising a lot more than you might think that I would have gotten there. I had that wow. a few times in uh and that's like was like 575. So so yeah, so I had Brandon and then I had uh way back in the analog. I had like the the 50 channel 51 in London. The, the I think it was, oh, okay. maybe it was global. And then I had the 54 in Windsor one time the the uh, French CBC. And never had any FM, FM. I think the furthest FM. I I think I had uh 94 94.3 Plymouth, Indiana. I think I had that one time. Because yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, my, I, I got all 48 states in Nebraska and Indiana was my last state. And it I was remember, at 94.3 yeah. in Plymouth that clinched state number 48 because Mike Hawk, who was living in Omaha at that time, messaged me and said, I'm getting Indiana. And he knew that I needed that state. And sure enough, you know, I wow. got 94.3. And that was it. That was the only Indiana that, that I ever had by Tropo. Uh, and here but, you're farther south, um, you know, maybe yep. I don't know if it's dramatically farther in distance, um, but still um, you have a 20 plus year body of work to compare it to with you right. know, good, solid. Obviously, SDRs, there are some game changers we were talking about a little before, um, but um, that I think exemplifies just how and again with. You know, 95.9, just taking that specifically, it's very clogged class A channel. Um, lots of, you know, there's ones in the Chicagoland area. There's um for London to hop over it. And based on what everybody has described out of this event, like the signals were were good, um, despite being, you know, pushing 900 miles. Um, that's yep. that's wild stuff. That's yeah. Um, so I was disappointed. A... I'm sorry, go ahead, Bryce. Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, no. I was saying we're so we're kind of at the peak here on the twenty first. Was the ninety five point nine ultimately your uh, as his cat climbs over his shoulder? Uh, was that, that your that's Charlie, uh, your, my helper? All right, uh, radio companion. <laughs> I'm sure. Always <laughs> uh, yeah, he a, a beautiful walks across pan, the laptop. 
tan cat. It looks like a rather large cat. I'm trying to describe since we're not doing a the, video the, podcast. The DX yeah. pets keep us honest, like, you know, because again, with a tropo event, it could be, you know, hours upon hours of sitting at the dials. Um, if you're if you're like Bryce and I and 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 have a canine, uh, they'll need the walks. But the cats, I think just to just to bring a dose of reality to the situation. So uh so, so. absolutely. You, you know, Having a cat can be very helpful because this one, as you noted from the visual, is a good eater. Mm. And his normal behavior is to wake me up about 3 to 3.30 in the morning wanting to be fed. Now, I got to admit, you know, you wake up at 3.30 and you wander into the kitchen and and, and I've got the laptop. Uh, one I've, thing I've got leads my, to another. It's, yeah. Uh... My DX Central is in the living room. Okay. So it's like... Eh, let's let's go check. And now, I I don't really check the dial so much in the middle of the night. I check the logger. I look the at the map logger. and say, well, what's, yeah. what am I getting and what is the fellow over in St. Mary's, Kansas getting? And if I see any long lines on there, I'm like, okay, at the very least, go adjust the, the direction of the antenna if you're pointing in the wrong direction. Now, what's interesting is the fellow in St. Mary's, I think his direction, his antenna must be omnidirectional because – he doesn't, you know, he'll, he'll get stuff that I won't get and vice versa. And we're only. I've observed, that. I've observed the both of you, I, the both of you, I just got to say, I've been collectively cleaning up, um, but I've, I've noticed that sometimes, um, you know, whether it's to the South or I know sometimes I'll see, I'll see him have Oklahoma City. Um, and I wonder, yeah. is he, is he aiming that way? I think you're right, Matt. I, I think, um, and I believe he's a gentleman who I am pretty sure he's the guy who contacted Bryce and I um, about setting up, you know, introductory DX setup. Um, and, you know, lo and behold, it led to this great auto logger. But, um, you know, uh, that's um, it's been very entertaining. I, you know, I wanted to mention your rabbit ears auto logger because um, it's been um, it's been fascinating. E skip season, it did awesome. And then, oh, oh yeah. What can I say? The difference is he has a better location because I think he's a couple hundred feet higher in elevation than I am. However, I'm on the side of a hill. I'm granted Kansas doesn't have really big Manhattan is an area called the Flint Hills. So the city of Manhattan is about a thousand feet, but you go to some of the parts around town is up to 1300 feet. I'm in the middle of about 1150. I have a great view to the North and to the Northeast. If you climb up on the roof, you can see the football stadium in town for K state, which, you know, it's a, obviously a big local landmark, but that is that is like my best direction, and I always do better in that direction than he does, where he does better to the southeast than I do. Yeah, he's one of my Houston, yeah, one of my problems is I yeah if I got one hundred three point five a mile and a half from me, so that from like one hundred and twenty to two ten, a lot of the frequencies are really messed up because that station is so strong. But but yeah, that's really kind of a side of point. Uh, so looking and seeing what he's logging and waking up in the middle of the night. So this is one of those events that every time you woke up in the middle of the night, you Gotta look at my phone and that. see what's going on. And, uh, you know, like you talk about the, the you know, once we get to London, it's like, okay, well now, now this is getting really serious. You know, this is, uh, this is, this is important DX, you know, but at the same time I was getting uh, mountain home, Arkansas and, I literally was, I regret I wasn't, I, I screw Missouri, who cares about Missouri, I'm getting Ontario, you know, I, I, can, I can listen to that later, 
Uh, but I would still go by from time to time and let it scan just to make sure because, if, you know, you're getting London and you don't expect it. What else am I what missing? What else is know? out there? Uh, but about noon on the 21st, everything kind of calmed down. It's like, okay, well, I can go into work for a little while. And admittedly, I got home and it was about six o'clock and I'm sitting down in the chair that I'm talking to you folks from. And I oh, I forgot to look at the scanner. And sure enough, I'm looking and there's 93.1 XRT Chicago decoding uh, and plotting a line on the map. And I'm like, how the hell did I miss Chicago? I'm sitting here watching the news or whatever. Uh, so so that evening, it was everything from Chicago. And and I started getting the, the lower power, the some of the one I'm trying to need sort of look at my location, all, all the, the, the big ones, but then I'm getting like 95.9 in Michigan City, Indiana, running uh, running a White Sox Class program. A. They were not playing that yeah. night. And I'm like, that's 500, let me see, uh, 542 miles here. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. Uh, and then I note uh, John Tesh on 94.3. Like, hmm. At this point, you're like, well, I'm getting all these, you know, three and six kilowatts. Like, this could be anything. And they go and do a break, and he's like, you know, CKSY, Chatham, Ontario, 790 miles. Uh, that one stuck around for it was probably about half an hour, I guess. Uh, but still, that was just an, another amazing I'm getting Ontario for the second time in the same day, something I've not done before. Uh, you, I've only been been here 15 months so you start saying well maybe maybe this happens every every year of course we know it doesn't from, from our experience with so. our locations uh but but that evening yeah was the the smaller things like um uh, 94.3 I, I can't remember which community that's in it's uh it's an air one affiliate in metro chicago that thing's locking rds 95.9 uh after you know at head london that morning was getting the i think is it aurora i believe it's to be erv uh, 96 7. Uh, and then sneakingly on 95.1, here's I just tuning through the dial, and uh, there's a couple of stations coming in. One of them was country, which turned out to be Decatur, Illinois. And then the other one went into, I forgot, I actually don't remember the format, but they're like Willie 95.1. I'm like, oh, what were that is? So I go to the lock database, type in Willie, and like, well, okay, said it was that Willie with a Y or an I E. How do I spell Willie? Yeah. And then they run in this commercial talking about, oh, you know, win uh, free tickets to uh, at PNC Park for the Bucks. And so I'm, I'm thinking Tampa Bay. Well, what, what are the yeah, Bucks? Yeah. What, <laughs> what's the Bucks? Yeah. That, and and not thinking. I mean, I'm a I'm a Royals guy myself. You know, I don't. I've never called the Pirates I, the Bucks, but I get I get the that point. That is a Western PAism. That is. Yeah. Uh, that, so there right. you go. Grove City, PA, 870 that's, miles. That's wild. Lasted maybe five minutes. It was gone, and I never heard it again. And uh, Grove and City, that's uh, Pittsburgh area? North of Pittsburgh, yeah. North of Pittsburgh. Okay. It's like in the Youngstown Market, uh, right on the, the OH, the Ohio, PA border there, um, but licensed to uh, to Grove City, PA. Um, that's that's wild that and again just to what was cool about this too the reciprocal nature right around then um andrew and akron had 107.7 carbondale 
uh, which I know is is in your um, Metro Topeka. Of, yeah, yeah, not uh, that's got that that's a local for you, right? Uh, right, Matt? it is. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. So, um, and then the the one other I, I you know I wanted to mention I I didn't know if you saw this, but your farthest I believe your farthest in this uh, was eighty nine one WVTF Roanoke. Um, did you know you had it? Because I didn't see you post it on W Logger. Um, but I saw it on your auto logger and I, I was just thinking to myself, boy, I hope Matt knows he's got 920 mile tropo in. Um, talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what time that was. It was, um, I can tell you it was, it was probably into the 22nd almost because um, I know it, like your last logged on your auto logger, it was like 5 a.m. on the 22nd, but it started on the evening in the 21st. And I think that coincided with, or not so coincided, but it aligned with that high uh, pressure moving to the south and, and the logs expanding that way. Uh, okay, so so here's the WVTF story, if you will. Um, I slept through it. <laughs> Simple as that. It happens. <laughs> it happens. It was, it's I. You know, I had like I told you, I got to be at work at seven a.m. every weekday morning, so I had stayed up till I was like one a.m. the night before. So I'm. I was dragging from not getting enough sleep the first night. And, and so it was about 1030 and I was getting still all the Chicago stuff and was getting a couple of Rockford. It's pretty cool. And I said, well, you know, I haven't heard anything new here, so I'm just going to go to bed. Now, the the thing about Roanoke is when I, I noticed it, it was the next morning, you know, it was like six in the morning and I'm looking at my map and going Roanoke. Roanoke, really? So the thing was, I wrote down that it was logged at 4.17 a.m. Central Time. What I didn't realize until I looked at the raw log files is that I had logged it at 10.45 p.m. And I've got it set on a three-second uh, per station Interval. scan. Yep, yep. And all the locals are blocked out of that, so it's making the rounds in about four minutes. I had like six consecutive locks on that station and i'm asleep completely oblivious to what's going on uh and and it's a station i've heard by skip so many times i don't get excited about it. i probably heard it half a dozen times this year uh and i looked at the tv logger and there was um there's there's one setup out there in eastern nebraska i think it's like northeast of lincoln and the guy got wbra Wow, I, I I tropo, which is insane. That's wild. That uh, is that's why I did not actually note note that. Oh, you didn't see uh, it? Yeah, because I, I I looked at TV logger and and it was at four like four twelve in the morning, within five minutes of me right logging. Of your it. your reception. That's crazy. Wow. So so not only did I get it, Lincoln, Nebraska, which is like a hundred and twenty miles to my north, was also getting the same duct there. And I and I said so I said okay this is a legit log because I thought well maybe it's meteor scatter maybe that's uh, all that it was and so I kind of discounted it until as I said I looked in the log yeah, file and saw that's... six different logs and then six hours later the thing came back again came back. it's and definitely I... so what, what did I miss what who knows what I missed if I had just if I had only stayed up but probably the same ninety nine point I don't know if ninety nine one is is good for you but. Bryce it is, heard yeah. it in Cape Cod. You know, you probably yeah. would have heard WSLQ. Um, yeah. I mean, the fact that this thing lock, you know, was strong enough to lock 
Uh, and, and my understanding, and I don't know this for a fact, is that that one's got a pretty sensitive RDS on it. So uh, that's always helpful because we know there's a few stations out there that, uh, but what would we do? You know, those, those ones that are just so incredibly sensitive that the signal could just be barely there. And the fact, 100.1 in Macomb, Illinois is like that. WKAI, you could hear like the faintest signal and the thing is locking RDS. And I thought... Yeah, you know, that was the furthest RDS that I that I got. This, I mean, the next longest one was was only like in the mid five hundreds. So much of the further stuff I had was was just old yeah. fashioned, yeah, tuning, listening, logging. Which I mean, there's you know that's w- what I grew up on. But it's nice to to have sort of the electronic postcard or the verification, if you will, that plots on that map that says, "Hey, look, you know, this is what I'm getting." Uh, but so that next morning, th- th- this was the crazy thing. To me, this was like the craziest part of the event was at six in the morning on the 22nd. And so it's, I woke up about 5.45 and we're talking about sensitive stations in that 94.3 in Indiana. That thing was locking RDS, the one WZOC in Plymouth, 569 miles. So not a real strong signal, but it's locking RDS. And I and I see that on my phone. It's like, you know, I rush rush into the living room, but had a few minutes before six o'clock. And so I'm tuning down at the bottom of the 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 through the public radio stations. And then first thing I hear is 90.7 WAUS. And I think it's in Berrien Springs, Michigan, is giving a, a legal ID. Then I um Moved over to 91.7, and they're talking about U of M. Old kept saying U of M, U of M, U of M over and over again. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ann Arbor, yeah. 701 miles. Uh, then I hit, hit weather radio, and there's uh, 162.400 talking about northern Indiana, which was South Bend. And that one is 574 miles. So the, the weird thing at this point is it was just kind of weird – that was one of the other things that really typify this opening is these stations would stick around till noon to one to 2 PM, but they were so isolated. Like what was it about 104.1 in Muncie, Indiana, WLBC that I kept hearing it. And it was the only station in that direction that was coming in. I, it, it was just, it was really bizarre. You're like, well, something, the, any, obviously you're getting 600 mile uh, tropo. You're going this is really unusual, but what about that one signal? That Why is that the one? I and feel the like that is a yeah, hallmark in, in Indiana. Same thing. It's like it was there for hours. The eighty-seven-seven in Chicago was there for hours. I mean, the thing I just, I would have the station on in the background while I was looking for other, you know, looking at log files and things, and just like you know, I'm not five hundred miles home. Mm, this is just normal. La-di-da. Yes. <laughs> um, but but so during the day on the twenty second, I, I so I worked from home again. Like you know, due to atmospheric conditions, I'm unable to be in the office. <laughs> uh, just some some random stuff comes in ninety four seven, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, comes in there with an ad for uh, I forgot what it was some some place that you know it matched when I looked at a Meyer oh, Apex, Apex Pros like okay. well, I. We, I did have a Meyer ad somewhere. I forgot I what like station it. that was. Uh, I wrote it. I wrote it down in here. It's, uh, it's sort of beside the point, but uh, had one hundred two seven Cincinnati pop in there, uh, running an ad for Zimmer Chrysler. That's six hundred fifty miles. Uh, 
So this uh, was on that just, southern path a little bit. I was going to ask if the you know with that uh, Virginia log, if there was anything else kind of more southbound, which Cincinnati, of course, on the border of Kentucky, a little bit, a little bit further south. And I think you had a few yeah. southern Indiana, Evansville, and uh, Terre Haute to some extent. So yeah, it did it it did get a little bit south for you, but it does seem like. Um, uh, there was kind of a crisscross, like a lot of the southeastern USDXers got a little bit further to the northwest, and then you there, kind of in the southwest edge of the opening, maybe got uh, had a little bit more luck to toward the northeast edge, you know, there in Ontario and Michigan and some of those areas. So interesting yeah. patterns to this opening overall. So the twenty second yeah. was kind of the was the the finale, right? It's uh, kind of when things started wrapping up. Um, yeah, more more or less, it was. Uh... That was you know, I, Chicago came in again the evening of the 22nd. It was a lot later than it was on the 21st. It seemed like it was uh, maybe closer to, to 8 p.m. than it was 6 o'clock like it was the day before. And by that point, I had I had logged all of those already. So uh wasn't finding anything new, but I was, was hoping it would at least shift a little bit. And it started going back to the north a little bit where – I started with again looking at my notes here. About seven thirty, I had one hundred four one in Madison, Wisconsin. I said, "Okay, well, there now I would love to get a Wisconsin uh, event out of this." And I and wasn't I, I really didn't think that was going to happen, but as luck would have it, uh, it, it kind of shifted. For so in the evening, I'm getting like ninety eight one Madison. And 88.5, which is Millador, Wisconsin, which I think is somewhere in that central Wausau Stevens Point area. And I uh, had 106.5 in Marshfield, 97.1 in Sparta, the cow, mm. uh, which that one I used to get that one in Omaha quite a bit. That was kind of like my barometer thing. So when were, things were good in the Wisconsin direction, that would always be the one thing I would look for. Uh, then the morning on the 23rd was really cool as well because that one was strongly Wisconsin. Another, you know, line and get up first thing in the morning, look at your look at your logger. And here's this line to, to 80 uh to 897 in Milwaukee. That's, like, That's another yeah. very sensitive uh RDS too. There. Yeah, because I never know. heard the station. I, I know it decoded a bunch of times. I don't think I ever actually heard the audio. So then I'm like, okay, it's on. We're going to go clean up on Wisconsin. Hopefully, uh, wasn't really as widespread as I would like it to have been, but there was a lot of stuff like 89.1 and Adams, uh, which is the WPR. And, and the WPR ones, were I really kind of focused on them because it was easy to pick them out because sure. they were running actually Wisconsin news. Uh, so got 91.3 in Highland. The one I really was happy to get was 89.3 Green Bay. And that's where Kansas City would normally kind of be a problem. Wasn't a problem Came at all right because I, I, you know, I was I was pointing a little bit further north than, than than directly because I was trying to get the Kansas Cities to null and so things that you know might be sixty or sixty five degree bearing were coming in at thirty five and forty. Uh, but I had one hundred one nine ninety nine nine Wausau uh, ninety seven three Milwaukee running uh, with sports. And the great 98, 98, 7 in Mayville, because they were talking about Dodge County, which I'm thinking Dodge County, Nebraska, not Dodge County, Wisconsin. That one stuck around most of the morning. 
It was in all by itself. That and that 95-1 Will Rock in Union Grove, which I think is like Racine Kenosha area. Yes. That thing stayed yep. in all morning as well. Mom, um, mom. The, the, uh, the only problem at this point was I had to go out of town. I had to go out to Garden City, Kansas for work. And so I'm like, well, I hate to leave, but I've got to be in Garden City this by by five o'clock. So it was about quarter to 11. I'm still, because I had this this, uh, phone uh, meeting I had to to sit through. And so I'm kind of tuning the dial in background and muting myself so nobody can hear what I'm doing in the background. Uh, And it, so as I'm driving out of town, I, I get into the to the, the car in the driveway. Ninety eight seven Chicago is coming, which classically, you know, it stands out. Wow. It's really obvious in the car, so, though. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I said, "This is going to be fun because I can see potentially how far the tropo is actually getting into Kansas." And and Garden and so, City, for context, those not familiar, is pretty far west in Kansas, like. Getting right. toward the Colorado border where you are more yeah. in eastern or eastern central Kansas, right? By air miles, it's about 250 to my southwest, roughly a little bit more west-southwest, if you will. Yep. And then again, for those not geographically familiar, as you get further west, elevation goes up. It generally right. is a more dry kind of arid yep. climate all the way until Colorado. I mean, when you were talking earlier about Colorado and Wyoming, mountainous nope. areas with dry air arid landscapes tall mountains to the west not somewhere you'd expect tropos so very interesting so no. you travel west into garden city and and what happens well i didn't even get that far so so here i'm listening to wfmt and i start driving a lot of the subdivision i live in is in higher is higher in elevation so i i drive through the subdivision as i get up to sort of the peak where it's up at about 1300 feet 987 flips to wichita Mm. and it was wichita from that point all the way west so did it end in manhattan we will never know you know (laughs) when when you're getting when you're getting 500 mile dx it's not let's go outside and drive around and see how long i can get that's not the first thought no you want to experience but that's fascinating that's um so the the question is if i lived at 1300 feet would i have been plagued by all the wichita locals to where I wouldn't have gotten some of the things that I did. I mean, we don't, we'll know, we'll never know for sure. Uh, but as I'm driving west, yeah, I'm not hearing anything uh, unusual. One of the easier stations to pick out in Southwest Kansas is 93.9 in Dodge City because they're Spanish. And so I left it on 93.9 because I knew there was the uh, the light FM Chicago. Never oh, heard okay. Chicago was strictly... Uh, Dodge City would kind of fade in and out as I was driving. So I really think I was very close to being on the Western. Might have been right on the periphery. Uh, That's which with these big events, like, you know, obviously to to cash in on on the distances, sometimes it pays to be on the edge. Um, That's and that's sort of luck of the draw. Um, But that's um, that's hey, that's I would say the premier spot for this. Um, and maybe just to, uh, you know, just to to put a bow on on the festivities, um, Matt, like, you know, historically, like, would you, um, you know, you've been you've been doing this since the 80s. Um, I, this has to rank at the top for you. Does it rank as as far as a, a tropo event? Um, you know, if you, you know, 86, we talk about a lot um, that seemed to be more of a UHF event. 
Um, and the other event I'll mention is um, what who I believe is the the Overland Tropo record holder right now um, is Mike B uh, in Enfield, Connecticut. Um, longtime WTFDA or uh, in an event that had to have been remarkably similar to the date. It was August 21st, 22nd in 1978. He had Little Rock 98.5 and 103.7 from the same location he's at now in Enfield, Connecticut. So maybe that high pressure was 200 miles farther east. Who's to say with autologers and all that, what it <laughs> would have looked like in 78. But just some historical perspective, Matt, to uh, to round up things on this, this awesome event. Uh, yeah, I was eight years old in 1978. So I was I was not really, you know, I had discovered DXing at that point, if you can believe that or not, because where I grew up in Kingsport, PBS aired on Channel 2, which was WSJK at that point. They didn't sign on until 3 o'clock in the afternoon during the summer. So I knew about Skip because I would turn on the TV and would put on Channel 2. And there was, and then from time to time, things would be there. Normally, it was Greensboro uh, or Atlanta. But I learned what... I didn't couldn't explain it, but you know, I knew that sometimes these things would come in on channels two and three and four. Uh, but I was I didn't discover FM until about it was 1985. So I remember Thanksgiving of 86 because in Kingsport I had St. Louis, mm. I had Cape Girardeau, and that at that point I had Indianapolis as well. But that was like three four hundred miles. Still, it was the furthest I had ever heard by Tropo. I because I can remember KEZS 1029 back then they were. Uh, easy listening so they were playing instrumentals and the thing stayed in for hours just solid signal uh it was saturday afternoon i remember that for some reason uh but this opening is historical yeah for a number of reasons and, and it, it, it it's hard to say you know, if we had all these tuners and, and s and sdrs and loggers in 1978 and we had so many fewer stations in 1978 would it have been the same magnitude my gut reaction from what i heard in tennessee was no this was a more widespread opening and maybe because i'm on the western fringes of it i did better than someone who was say let's say you lived in in uh chicago i don't know would, would you have would you have said oh i got 500 miles or something you know it wasn't like rob ross in london who's getting 900 miles into kansas uh or andrew who's who's from akron getting uh you know, Kansas as well. Uh, it's a lot of it is obviously location, but when you think about it for what, six days, day after day of, of superlative stuff that I'm like, I've not had anything like this 2022, you know, I really didn't hear anything three or 400 miles basically uh, was as far as I would get like a day and another day and another day. That's the I'm getting yeah. Chicago, Milwaukee stuff. Yeah, that Chicago I, to begin with, there is is kind of wild, and to have it to be like almost an afterthought. Um, yeah. Just, wow. Just um, so. Is it the best opening that I've ever? I'm going to say yes. All and it's like, well, you know, it, it's hard to rank it because it's obviously it's somewhat subjective, uh, but. A six-day opening is kind of unprecedented in any stretch. I can remember you know, I lived in Tallahassee, Florida, when I was going to grad school at Florida State. And I had a 900-mile tropo 
to Laredo, Texas one time. And I had South Texas multiple times, but Gulf Trojo is such a different beast. Different you know? ball game. Yeah. Houston, 600 plus miles away. And they, oh, I got Houston again. Well, you, know, you, you didn't get excited until, you know, I had Austin, I had Waco, Dallas by trough, 750 miles inland. Now, that was a big deal. But Kansas, who would expect? 750 miles in Kansas of all places. It's that's further north. That's that's not subject to Gulf Air. Now, to bring it full circle about weather, one of the things that I know we wanted to we wanted to touch on this is I looked at the maps uh, from UCAR because UCAR uh, University Corporation for Atmospheric Research is, was my former employer for 14 years while I was working in Nebraska. And so I looked at, they have a, a nice uh, contour plot of moisture. And what was fascinating to me about that is so when, so when Manhattan is 70, 75, 80 degree dew points, and you looked at where, uh, forgive me, I don't remember the exact name for the isopleth that, that uh, connects equal uh, dew points, the 70 degree and higher dew points almost perfectly matched what I was getting. The, that's like, well, how far east is it going? Why is it not going further north? Is because that the more the higher dew points were not all the way up into to northern Wisconsin or northern Minnesota. There was you know sort of an abrupt cutoff to it. And to the east, it was the same thing. You know, why was it only initially stopping only in Chicago? Well, the the moisture hadn't gotten there yet. And to the west, I mean, the biggest one was to the west. That was like the real surprises. Cheyenne and Denver. It's like, well, why am I getting that? Wow. And you can see on that Sunday morning that the moisture, the 70 degree dew points were coming right up to right at the base of the Rockies right there west of Laramie and stopped. And it's like, so I and I and I don't know Bill Hepburn's secret recipe for his tropo forecast map but i gotta feel like you know moisture is really the key in the summer it could be 100 you know 115 degrees in the desert but that doesn't mean there's any trouble you got to have the moisture without the moisture nothing's going to happen and this event was a lot of it was hot and had humid you know, conditions it was miserable to be outside for these days so it was you know you might as well stay inside in dx uh, but that was really the one thing that I've started watching. And, I'm, and with this event that's coming up here, because we know this, this ridge is going to build back to the east and Labor Day weekend is going to be very hot in this part of the country. We'll be probably looking at 100 degrees again. Mm. Uh, may not be as much humidity, but it will be interesting to see if we get the DX and, and the Hepburn map suggests it's certainly possible. Uh, but it looks to favor places further to the east, Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, that sort of thing. Can we pair it up with really high dew points that that outline really where people are getting dx from i don't know you know and when you're in the middle of it you don't have time to sit there and say, oh, let me let's look at the dew point maps ah, i don't care you know i'll figure it out later on a lock stations um, that's uh yeah that's the, right. the post-mortem on this uh you know we've got we've got data archive we could really kind of get in there uh but much much like what I do with 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 my work, it's like, you know, how do you assess drought? You've got to have ground truth. You've got to have people measuring the rain. Similar thing for this. You've got to have people who were who were listening and on the dials. We could say, well, theoretically, you know, you could have gotten from St. Louis to Cheyenne because I was getting both at the same time. But did it was anyone there to log it? You know, uh, we'll we'll never know. We can we can kind of guess and say, well, you know, it looked like it, like you said, it was possible that, you know, could someone 
in Atlanta have gotten South Dakota or something like that. Uh, really, we we need we need more people to be paying attention and listening on the dials. But uh, I think I think we could find some interesting things if we go back and look at the six six or seven days of uh, of surface uh, and upper air data. If someone wanted to take that time and say. Let's plot what everybody was getting at the same time and what did it look like. Now, upper air, granted, it's not as simple because it's if we're using the soundings that are twice a day, uh, we're not going to really cover it. But surface data, you know, we we got so much data now that we could we could kind of see, hey, this if you had a dew point of over seventy five and you were over ninety degrees air temperature, you were fair game uh, to be getting stuff. Now, what made signals? What made two or three signals stand out? Like Muncie and, and and Chicago, who knows? Mystery, yeah. That's what yeah. makes it so much fun. Is that you know? It's like who who could explain this one? Why the two or three stations? I, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's just it's part of the of the the, the joy of, of of DXing. It's just you know it's very interesting, and uh, I'm I'm glad there are people like Bill Hepburn who get into the to the research. I mean, what what a treasure. That, that his maps are I mean, so you know we use those all the time when we're looking at uh, and he's done such a good job of uh, of putting those together and perfecting them over the years uh you know otherwise would could we have missed this yeah we absolutely could have missed it uh it wasn't as you said for the for the technology that logger is you know, how, how did we ever get by because i sit there and look it's like how did i log 208 new stations how have i logged over 1800 stations in 15 months here. Well, the logger had a lot to do with it. You know, not everything I got was, uh, was logged by that, but so much of just being tipped off to what was going on. You owe everything to as a tool. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, uh, technology is, is, I'm sure there's probably older folks. That's not real. I mean, you know, uh, God love him, the the late Bruce Elving, you know, with his insistence on hearing All legal IDs yeah, yeah, uh, to log things. I mean, I mean, you know, obviously you can do this hobby any way you want, but that's it's such the beauty of strict yeah. rules to and, and as an aside, I miss the FM Atlas. Oh, you know, even even for stuff, you know, today with as crowded as the dollars, like I can't remember all these stations. I don't know what, you know, where where some of these stations are and our database, thankfully, we have a lot of dedicated folks like you guys uh, who are updating and who are making sure that we've got the the PI codes and everything uh, updated in there to to be able to log uh, all of these things. You know, so we're doing the best we can uh, nice. with all the technology to try and uh, keep uh, keep things current and useful for people. Because that database, I mean, that was a great resource for me during this opening, just to quickly type in things and. Uh, I'm really honestly impressed that we have it, it have as much good current information as we do in there because there's nothing better out there right now to uh, to, to use to look up all of these things. So to, to, I'll just type in the PI code. Boom, it'll just immediately tell me what it is. You that know, is. For those not familiar, we're talking about the WTFDA database, db.wtfda.org. And then, yep. of course, I think, you know, probably the next best database um, is FM List. And yeah, I, I was just yeah. thinking about as you were discussing 
the reality on the ground versus say the weather maps uh, would be would be an interesting project to maybe overlay some of the FM list maps along with some of the data that we've got outside of FM list. Uh, you know, I'm going to plot that against some of the dew point gradients or you know just the, the plain old surface map would be very interesting to see for a historic event like this. So so impressive. Awesome. Indeed, yeah. We we thank. We've got all those great archives out there of weather data. So I'm not going to volunteer to do it, though. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, Nick, this is your assignment. <laughs> Look, now, Unfortunately, I... I'm only paid to care about Kansas. And I feel bad because you're like, oh, there's a there's a hurricane right now? Really? Oh, I should probably read up on that, you know. I don't have – this DX event was like the first time I was paying attention to anything outside the state of Kansas as to – you know, some so come cohesiveness to to the conditions that were going on. Um, well, so it does pay to to pay attention to to things. You I think know. sometimes yeah. when you when you do something for uh you know nine, ten hours a day, you you kind of don't want to do it in your free time. So your, I true. understand. <laughs> very yeah, but... very true. It's like I have to talk about the drought more. Oh, no, please no. Well, no, but <laughs> it's, I, I think it's, that it's is... enough. That is the beauty of, of this event happening now, because, um, yeah, like, like you said, Matt, obviously we don't have reporters everywhere, but I feel like now we have them more than ever, um, which is which is a beautiful thing. Um, and so we get these different endpoints, like having a an autologger in the North Carolina mountains um, that seems to hear very well. And all of these scattered reporters, some of the names we've mentioned, folks like like Justin up in Minneapolis and um, all scattered about the Midwest. Um, it's great. It, it's giving us and it would be um, I'd love to see some sort of data project maybe uh that's that's something i can you know one day try to try try to get started on but um that's but this was an awesome event to recap and we could not have had a better uh person to do it with your background and you being in in the crosshairs so uh matt i hope you enjoyed this we uh we really enjoyed having you um you know let's see um if we can i want that uh, Manhattan, Manhattan to Manhattan, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> ducked. I'm um, ah, going on. I, okay. I want you, you got to get over the, the, the get over the mountains. I mean, Roanoke counts, but I want to see um, East Coast to Manhattan. I, I, I actually think if you can get to Grove City, I feel like it's possible. So let's. I don't know if it'll happen this weekend, but <laughs> goals yeah, for the future. Yeah, it's 1,200 miles, though. That might be. Never say never. I mean, never. Would you have believed that Tim Land could get South Dakota from Kingsport? From Kingsport? No. It's wild. Never. It's wild. And, and like you, I watched that one in Marble, North Carolina, and it's like this whole wedge it does it, it looked in. like a crazy skip wedge that's what it oh, looked right. like yeah. we're, we're talking rabbit ears.info we've, we've talked about it numerous times on the podcast um the fm autologger map um whoever the masked gentleman assuming it's a gentleman maybe it's not um in marble north carolina identify yourself we need to we need to know who you are yeah, your your setup is fantastic um, and speaking of uh, I identifications, I think we to discuss the St. Mary's autologer. His name is Greg. 
Ah, yes. Um, there in in St. Mary's. Um, a shout, shout out to Greg if he is listening. He is uh, definitely a listener of the show. And then, you know, just kind of uh, wrapping things up, I have to ask you, Matt, if you can send a couple of those audio clips you were discussing. Along with the other listeners, uh, anybody that participated in this event, I will put together an audio compilation focused on this event uh, in the next episode where we'll do a full standard episode and feature some audio clips at the end. So I'd love a couple of those from you, Matt. And then anybody else, the address is vhfdxpodcast at gmail.com. If you want your audio to be on the next episode, again, would love to just hear everything that uh, everybody heard from this late or mid-August Tropo event. That would be fantastic. I know we already have a few from Tim that I will definitely feature next time. Hopefully some of Matt's stuff and anybody else, please do drop us a note. I've got plenty of, st- I have CFPL saying their call letters. So you gotta hear it. I got, I got some gold. good stuff. Pure gold. So, please, please send it to us when you have a moment. The only problem I have is deciding what to send. There's like, there's so much I could send you, you know, I, I, I could, uh-huh. I could probably put together, you know, like a 30 minute stream of nothing but legal IDs from all of these stations that I picked wow. up because I, I will, I still love old legal IDs. And, and like so it. I'm sitting there, you know, recording how many can I pick up two or three every hour and just building up this nice archive of, of some of the ones that I heard. So yeah, I will, I will definitely get you, uh, get you some of those to, to share with everyone. Cause I think everyone else is going to be just like, that's crazy. You know? Yes. And, and Hey, speaking of audio, I think we discussed a little bit coming into this podcast, Matt, you have a website that has a good bit of DX audio and history on it. Um, what, what is that website and where could anybody else find you maybe there or any social media you want to share? Sure. Yeah. Uh, the, my website is matthewsittle.com. Uh, you have to know how to spell my name, of course, to be able to find it. Uh, I, uh, sorry to say, I don't have anything uh, from Manhattan on there yet. I just, I haven't really just had the time to put it out there, but I've got old logs and things from Kingsport, uh, from Tallahassee. That was 92 through 1994. I've also got uh, a weather radio archive where, I would like to think, and I and I can't prove this, but I believe I have more weather radio audio archive than anyone hmm. out there because I have on the website, there's over a hundred hours of nothing but program loops of weather radio. And I've got stuff as ba- far back as the early eighties. It's out there. Wow. Wow. I've been, because re- you know, as a weather geek and back then that was one of the, the earliest things that you had. I mean, we were, and you guys may not remember this, but there was a program called AM weather that was on PBS back. I guess it, it ended in about 90, 96, something like mm-hmm. that. It was a 15 minute program that aired on PBS every morning. And that was what, when, you know, I grew up, we didn't have cable. That was what I watched to find out what was going on in the world. Um, so you know, I was, I was big into weather as a kid and, and started recording the weather radio audio onto cassettes and I saved everything. Thankfully I did not, I never throw anything out, you know, it's like a museum uh, uh, of audio. So I've, so I've digitized all of those audio files and they're out there to listen to. So if you want to go back and listen to the history of, of 
what weather radio sounded like before computers took over. You can go out there and get your phone. That's cool. I've gotten nerdy about the different uh, computer voices and and some, some weather service offices will speed them up or slow them down. The ones in Alabama, I remember were always like maybe 0.75, the speed of the ones in Tennessee. So I can't, I'm going to dig in there. I can't wait to see what it sounded like in the eighties and nineties. So it's incredible. Now I should mention, I actually have, and and I need to keep at I like a lot of things like there's only so many hours in a day i've got a lot of recent loops so when i'm traveling i'm the guy who you know i travel i pull over on the side of the road and record the loop of each station as i'm driving across the country or wherever it is i'm going and i've archived those so i i'm aware that people have used those as well for recent dx and for things like oh well i heard this station that's mentioned a couple of regional you know, conditions. And I'm like, well, you can use my website to, to some extent to narrow down the possibility. It's not definitive because I don't have every station. Uh, I, don't, I don't get to go everywhere anymore when you're in Kansas. And you know, I go to around Kansas. I'm good on Kansas. You, you need anything in Kansas. You need anything identified. And, and that really goes for a lot of these stations. I can listen to them and recognize them just from how they phrase things. There's certain Every office is unique and there's certain little things that sound a bit different. I'm like, once I hear those, I can tell you pretty much who it is or at least narrow it down a little bit. But yes, so the the website has got some old uh, TV screen grabs as well. Even going back to the Tallahassee days, so if you like the nice old analog uh, ID slides, you'll you'll get a kick out of that. It's it's sort of my, you know, my museum of DX, if you will, for all the years it's been you know 40 years almost that i've been doing this and uh, you got to archive it somewhere you got to have it uh for future generations to look at you know i know that well i, I know our, that story has already played out with pat dyer of course we we reference yeah. his old material a lot so having these uh living museums forever in the internet archive will be fantastic in your site has been spectacular i know i uh, i referenced it a lot when i lived in tennessee so very good, and it, it has been—it's been a pleasure to have you today, Matt. I think we're gonna gonna wrap up for the sake of time. I would—I almost now kind of want to have you back to talk about uh, NOAA Weather Radio DXing. I know it's been a topic in the past. Sure, um, anytime. Yeah, we we would love to talk to you again. It's been absolutely fantastic to have you, and uh, we look forward to the next conversation. Nick, do you have any concluding uh, comments before we we wrap up here? Hopefully, we get some good setup here on the east coast early september is is often favorable so stay close to those dials very good until next time 73 and see everyone later good dx good dx